Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Home Energy Design 101. How to design a beautiful home and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and life. Who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty, and my team and I do the best damn design in the country. But I'll help you create a beautiful design that is also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Lurking within your home is one of the biggest health risks of our time. And few want to acknowledge it because it's cloaked in convenience, connectivity, and our modern lifestyles. But what if I told you it's killing you? What if you found out that your six-year-old had inoperable brain cancer? And had you been aware of this one thing, it would have been preventable. Would you listen then? Here's the thing, folks. Lurking within all of our homes is EMF and dirty electricity. And every day we eat, sleep, work, breathe, this horribly toxic environment into our systems and it's attacking our personal electric energy systems every day. According to Wikipedia, EMF or electromagnetic fields is a physical field produced by electrically charged objects. It affects the behavior of charged objects in the vicinity of the field and extends indefinitely. Uh... Okay, so this sounds kind of bad. Well, currently, most of the information out there says, nah, not really. In fact, most information claims that EMF has low frequencies, so therefore it's safe. But this is entirely based on the fact that there is no direct evidence showing otherwise. There's not a lot of really solid information proving that it's safe or unsafe. In fact, it's pretty damn watered down, and a lot of the information out there is buried deep in political agenda and deep pockets. So why is it such a big deal? Because despite little factual research that's widely known, symptoms are starting to show up in functional and Western medical practices, and they can't explain it. Doctors are starting to see unexplained symptoms like insomnia, chronic fatigue, headaches, memory loss, concentration issues, immune problems, heart palpitations, joint pain, nausea, cancer, and more. And on the surface, this may seem like everyday symptoms from a normal everyday lifestyle. But how do you explain a symptom like this when it pops up in a six-year-old? Or how about somebody who overnight gets suicidal thoughts? Or how about three different women working in the same space having late-term miscarriages? Or a six-year-old acquiring brain cancer that literally appears overnight? So you might be saying to yourself, uh, this sounds a little dangerous. Well, folks, it is. And that's why today's guest... Dr. Libby Darnell, is going to be on the show today. She lost her niece, the six-year-old, to EMF. 
and she has personally experienced a decline in her own health after realizing that the equipment in her medical office was affecting her firsthand. This is no joke. I wanted to have her on the show today to help educate you so that you can start being proactive about the environment that you live in because it's just going to get worse. We are putting more and more devices within our homes and everything is starting to become smart, which if you haven't guessed, isn't smart. If you have Wi-Fi in your car, in your appliances, in everything in your home, to your plugins, to your electrical outlets, it's not smart. You literally are drowning in EMF soup. And that doesn't even touch the surface. There's also this thing called dirty electricity, which we will also get in today. And Dr. Darnell has all the answers that you're going to need so that you can start shifting and changing your environment to make it safe for you and your family. Today, she and I are going to talk about what EMF is, what the symptoms are and what they look like, how to recognize it in your own home, and of course, how to fix it. Are you ready? Let's do this. It's happened every time. And so this time today, I was like, I'm going to go to yoga. I'm going to get into my Zen place. I'm going to go home. I'm going to have like 45 minutes to get ready for this podcast. I'm going to nail this. And then you're like, hey, are we doing this? I'm like, I'm trying. I talk about EMF a lot on the show, Mm -hmm. um, but I haven't had somebody on to really talk about at length, you know, why it's an issue, why we need to be paying attention, why we're probably going to look back at this in 20 years and go, what the f*** were we thinking? Yeah. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Ready. Hey, hey, everyone. This is Amanda, and I am so excited to have Dr. Fancy, fancy. Libby (laughs) Darnell on the show today. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, I am fabulous. Thanks so much for having me on, Amanda. I'm super stoked to have you here. Um, For those of you who are listening, um, Libby and I actually met over the summer. We went to a conference together, and by fate of the stars, we ended up rooming together, and we were those girls. (laughs) Oh, we were. And you took a chance on me because I needed a roommate, and you just took a chance. I could have been a total nut job, not saying that I'm not, but I could have been. And so, hey, now now we're fast friends. Yeah, so I did take a chance. I guess, I, you know what it really was? I think I just felt sorry for you. you know? <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, so oh. you are a functional medicine practitioner. Uh, how did you get into this work? And for those who are listening who have no freaking clue what that even means, functional medicine, I feel like, is really starting to get thrown around and it's definitely on the rise and people are starting to pay attention. But let's reel it in and explain to people what that even means. Yeah. So um, functional medicine doctors look for the root causes of what's going on. So let's say that someone's having a headache, just as a real simple example, rather than writing a prescription to mask that symptom, we're going to do some additional testing to try to find the root cause of what causes a headache and then address that, knowing that as you remove the cause the headache will get better. So that was a real kind of low level, but a lot of functional medicine doctors will look to things like adrenal fatigue and they'll look to things like food intolerances and chemical sensitivities. And really the overall goal is to help people live their best life. I feel like in a lot of ways, it's probably the closest thing as far (laughs) as Western medicine goes to that or as close as possible to gets to uh, traditional Chinese medicine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that would be uh, like the best analogy. Yeah, really. 
best analogy. Because yeah. I know that when I go to my TCM, it's like it, I could literally come in with a slight pain, just slight in my hip. And like I'm walking out of there because I've got something weird, you know, like there's not enough water element in my the back of my eye and fire in my toe. And like, <laughs> you know, it's like he yeah. gets really down yep. to the root of, you know, the other things that are causing that slight thing. And I feel like Western medicine, it's like your hip has to be falling off before they pay attention. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because you'll just be medicated for a while. And then when that stops working and, you know, then they'll finally look to see, well, what caused it? Yeah. Yep. That's exactly true. So why do you feel that functional medicine, you know, there was definitely a huge rise of allopathic medicine in the last 40 or 50 years. And why do you think that functional medicine is really starting to push through and, and really starting to become popular again? Yeah. Well, I feel like, and again, this is like my, just my theory, but a hundred years ago, people were doing functional medicine. Like we were looking to, to see what caused something, you know, if, um, you're working on a farm and you notice that when you're around X, Y, and Z, you get a headache, you're, you're actually going, Oh, that causes my headache. I'm going to, you know, not be around that anymore or remove that from my lifestyle, whatever it might be. And then lo and behold, we came up with uh, a way to mask a symptom and that somehow became mainstream and then uh, starting from there, we're, now we're slowly working back to like the old school methods of saying no, you know, because people are people are smart and we can only be kind of subdued for so long where there's only a certain amount of time that you're going to be putting up with a medication to mask a symptom. And when you're told, well, why did it happen? And you can't get an answer. That's only going to be something you'll put up with, so, with for so long. So the smarter and the smarter that people get and the more research that they start to do independently. Um, I just think that we're really going into a head of, yep, what causes it and how can we prevent it? And maybe I shouldn't eat McDonald's all day long if I want to be healthy, you know, <laughs> So like the people, McDonald's is never going to go away, but people going through that line, they know it's not a good choice. You know, there's, there's no, um, there's no way around it. Like we all, yeah, we know the choices that we make now and we're just picking how to modify them and live our best life. Well, and I think the age of the internet is also helping a lot of that. You know, there's there's definitely community, there's sense of community of um, people wanting to get to the root cause. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like you're right. Like one of my dear, actually, I have two really dear girlfriends who are naturopaths, naturopaths. And they, uh, they both like one of them, like completely poo pooed at her whole life and was like, so embarrassed that her grandmother was a medicine woman. And she was like, la la la, I don't see that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm totally pretending you don't exist. And it wasn't until her teenage daughter started, uh, really coming down with severe fatigue syndrome and they couldn't figure out what it was. And she had been to like 17 different doctors and she was just getting so frustrated that her grandmother had a, an old grimoire of all of these um, tinctures and salves and herbs and things that she used to mix together. And lo and behold, she put together this tincture that was her grandmother's and her daughter was well within six weeks. That's and, amazing. Yeah. And it was, it, it was an eye opening experience 
experience for her that her daughter had to suffer for, I think it was close to four years with this severe fatigue and nothing in Western medicine. And they weren't really looking for the root cause. They weren't looking at, well, maybe it's because of this or it was just take this pill. She'll it'll revive her, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of us are kind of going back to that system of, you know, this isn't really working. Maybe, the, you know, the old guys from the past really knew something here. <laughs> Amen. Oh, absolutely. Amen. So yeah. I want to know, you started Revived Living, and mm-hmm. that was really to help people, you know, get their health and their wellness uh, back. And, and you've made it in a, a very easy to understand way. But how did you morph this health and wellness and really looking to the root causes um, into becoming known as, you know, Dr. EMF and, and <laughs> yeah. expert in EMF? Yeah, that well, yeah, you're that's a such a great question because it's not like you wake up one day and you're like, oh, I think I'm just going to explore the topic of electromagnetic frequencies and yeah, oh, yeah, and oh, for sure. So what happened was I ended up losing my own health to this topic, and um, it really started kind of overnight. And the way that started for um, your listeners, I use a device in my office called a biomeridian, which um, is based off of acupressure points in your body, and you do testing for food sensitivities and chemical sensitivities, and um, you know injuries and all sorts of things. And it's a really great machine. And when we first got it, I was the one who was the tester, so. I was testing people for hours and, um, I noticed, so I'm a perky, happy person. My feet hit the ground in the morning. I'm up before my alarm goes off. I, you know, it's kind of annoying really. And that's, but that's who I am. And so what happened is that slowly started to go away. I slowly, but just became way fatigued and, um, really, it was a struggle to get out of bed and I would go to work and I'd, you know, work, uh, you know, 12 hours and then come home and just fall back into bed. And so I was either working or sleeping. Um, and then the, it got worse. It went from the fatigue to I noticed my personality starting to change where I became a little bit more on the negative side. And then that just escalated to where I felt like I was a different person. I wasn't even a, a scrap of who I used to be. And then at the worst it ever was, I turned to my husband and I said, you know, I'm about to hear voices. Like I'm, I need to be committed or I would have had I not known better. I would have been somebody who would have been put on a psychotropic medication. I mean, it would have been, it would have been really bad. So, um, I, I called everybody I knew and, you know, us being in, you know, a health and wellness realm, we've got all these colleagues and everyone, I mean, it was, you know, when you're sick, you'll do anything to get better. And I really was one of those people. So I invested all this time and money into try to figure out what was going on with me. And then lo and behold, someone just asked the question, well, what's changed? you know, like, okay, so all this started on this day, what changed? And it was the Biomeridian. And I was like, Oh, shoot. Okay, well, how could that be? And for the record, it's a great machine. And I really do recommend it. And you can actually do surrogate testing where you don't even need to be in the room um, to test. But uh, that was that was it, it was emitting this frequency, and I was absorbing it. And then it was getting pent up in my body. And it was accumulating over time. And uh, the, as soon as I figured out what it was, well, first off, you know, we stopped the exposure. So just like I saw, phone cell phones and exposure so we stop or we minimize our exposure and then I started to do a lot of grounding and earthing so again at its worst picture this my in-laws are at my house um I'm newly married it's winter in Chicago and I am outside in my underwear laying in the snow 
because someone said this might help. And I was like, we I'll do that. That's easy. (laughs) And it's free. And it really, it honestly, it really did help me. Um, and so, but you know, it was a way of allowing all that energy to flow through your body into the dirt. So it doesn't work, you know, on pavement, but it works, um, on the ground. And there is a small caveat to that, which we will discuss. But, um, so for, you know, that was just the worst that it ever got. And for me, I think it was kind of a blessing because, uh, my seven-year-old niece ended up getting diagnosed with a, a glioblastoma, which is uh, cancer near the brainstem, which means it's inoperable. You can't do anything for it. Um, you could try to extend your life, um, with some radiation, but she was given a, a handful of months to live. And so at that point, Um, you know, there was nothing that conventional medicine could do for her. So when she was diagnosed, my husband and I and her parents flew over to Spain to meet with a doctor named Raymond Helu. And he does um, a live cell blood analysis and, you know, put her blood up there and we freely could see, well, first off, we could see mercury floating through her bloodstream. So she had heavy metal toxicity and her, when you're picturing live blood cells and the way that they should move through um, the human body, you know, they should be kind of freely floating like little cars on a highway and these were so clumped together her red blood cells were so clumped together it looked like coagulated blood floating through her bloodstream and he looked at us and she said she has had a major major emf exposure she's incredibly sensitive to this and it's most likely the root cause of what caused her cancer and so at that point we had her home tested, um, and that's where we started to really dive into this topic. And when I say we, I mean her dad. Um, so her dad's name is Joe Darnell, and so he actually, fast forward to today, he tests homes for a living now with this EMF stuff because um, because it is so near and dear to his heart. But when we tested her classroom, so, uh, you know, there's lots of units when it comes to measuring EMFs, and I'm just going to keep it real simple. And so for this scenario, when we're testing someone's bedroom or a school's classroom or a basement or wherever, you want to see under 2,000 units during the, doing this type of test. And we've graphed it all out. You know, there's lots of charts and graphs and stuff. And if you want to go to revivedliving.com, which is my website, I've got those actually on there. You can see what that looks like. Um, but when we tested her bedroom, you should be under 2000 units. She was at 42,000 units in her bedroom. Mm -hmm. And it was the only room in the house like that. Um, and it just happened to be that the, and a lot of what that comes from is called dirty electricity, which is excess, uh, energy coming from the wiring in our house, which I will talk about. And then also if you've got big electronic appliances, if they're kind of focused near one room, that's where you're going to end up getting, um, a big exposure. So it could be even something like having your child's bedroom with a smart meter right on the exterior wall next to the bed that transmits a signal every 30 seconds. Like that's another example of something that's going to cause that reading to be high. Um, also having like a big television on the wall right behind them, you know, those big plasma televisions or an Xbox right in their room. That's going to make those readings high. So her, her bedroom was 42,000 and then her classroom was 60,000. So again, it should be under 2000. So this little girl was going to school and sleeping in a bedroom. She was, had this constant exposure. And when we kind of looked into it, she'd had her, her teachers in that classroom. There'd been late term miscarriages, which 
you know, unfortunately, miscarriages are a little bit more commonplace early on in pregnancy, but you should not have them in the third trimester. And there were that there was a lot of that happening, and then teachers had been passing from cancer all around that classroom. So this was clearly a problem. Um, and so we did everything that we could to try to, you know, not only reduce her exposure and eliminate that right away, um, but she did end up losing her battle. She, uh, she's now an angel, but because of that, um, even though that's obviously probably the worst thing that I think anybody could go through is the loss of a child. But from all of that, you know, when we talk with um, our family, we're always saying, okay, well, from, from pain to purpose, what can we do with this? What can we, what can we do with this, this grief to try to help other people? And so, um, and that's why I talk about it all the time, because I know that this could have in, you know, especially with other children, if we can test and reduce these exposures, we can prevent some of these from happening to other people. If, uh, you know, even people that aren't necessarily sensitive, because about, you know, they say like a third of the population is really sensitive to this stuff. Even if you're not sensitive to it, it does affect you. So if you don't mind, Amanda, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, how, like what EMFs are um, and how they affect us on a cellular level. Does that sound good? Yeah, I'd like you to, um, because like I said, the this is, might be completely new to my audience. They, I think that now, you know, I've been hearing this for the last decade, so I'm like all yeah. in here, but I'm mm. trying to put myself in a position where when I was first learning this 10 years ago, um, the questions that I had. So... Um, um, I just want to bring it back in a little bit and reiterate yeah. that Libby said that EMF is electromagnetic fields. So, and just correct me if I'm wrong, it's basically any of our electronic devices, electrical panels, appliances, basically anything that has electricity basically is emitting a frequency um, kind of like, well, Wi-Fi. Wouldn't Wi-Fi also be? Yes. Um, yep. Absolutely. So basically everything that is electronic basically has its own kind of Wi-Fi of <laughs> sorts that's going out into uh, the air. Um, and it's basically we have a biofield as well. Um, we've talked about this on the show where we've got different levels of energy in our own personal Wi-Fi. And those basically intermingle. Um, unfortunately, though, EMF that's in the air and, and the pollution of EMF intermingles with us and it's highly toxic to our energy systems. Does that? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yep. that, that is a really, really great summary of EMF. And EMF is also called, you know, electromagnetic frequencies, electromagnetic smog. Um, so I know a lot of European countries EMR. Call it, yeah, electromagnetic radiation. It's all the same encompassing idea. And then people that have sensitivities to it are called electromagnetically hypersensitive. And so there's like communities out there. Um, and I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I guess in the show Better Call Saul, there's this guy who's electromagnetically hypersensitive who like lives in a cave wrapped in like a tinfoil hat but that actually really does exist there are there are places in switzerland especially that are zero emf you know there are people that are so sensitive sensitive they couldn't live in most places in the united states especially because just think about it even if you're not around wi-fi and you don't have a cell phone you're driving down the car on the highway and you've got a cell tower to your right you've probably got radio towers to your left um, and then your neighbors are going to have you know have wi-fi and that kind of thing and then we've got unfortunately we've got some other different exposures that can happen through the ground as well so um, this really has impacted a ton of people but the goal of today is to say okay we're speaking to people that are 
are mostly healthy and that can do some real simple things just to reduce their exposure. So those are kind of the big action pieces that, um, you know, the, those of you listening should, should walk away with from today is, okay, I, you know, may not feel any symptoms now, but let's reduce my exposures and my, my exposure for, for my family. So I never do have symptoms. So that's kind of the goal. Well, and let's, um, let's talk a little bit because I think that a lot of people actually do have symptoms, um, and they're not putting two and two together because they're not even really aware of this thing that's happening. And, and we have to realize that we didn't even have this much, uh, EMF even 10 years ago. You have to think Mm -hmm. about the advances of technology. And now we've got this really fun, exciting thing called smart everything yeah smart homes smart cars everything is smart and it's not so smart if you're completely drowning in emf and and what it's doing to your to your system and so i know that it can cause headaches fatigue joint pain but what are some additional things that people can experience that maybe as they're listening they can go hey wait a minute i've been experiencing that maybe it's not what the doctor is saying it is maybe it's this yeah. So, um, so what you just said, like the symptoms that you said, so those are going to be physical manifestations of, um, electromagnetic hypersensitivity. So headaches, fatigue, brain fog is a huge one where, you know, you're a smart person. And when I was sick, I could not articulate words and I could think them, I couldn't say them. So, um, so you've got the physical, but then you've got like emotional symptoms too. I had a client who was a happy person. And then one day it was literally overnight became suicidal. And, uh, we, we looked, you know, we did a deep dive into her history and finally I look at her and I go, you need to go home and see if somebody installed a smart meter. And of course that had been exactly what happened that night that she became suicidal. She had a smart meter on the other side of her bedroom wall and as, as painful as that process was for her she was able to then stop the exposure. And had she not had that symptom, she could have wound up with cancer. You know, there, and you talk about that, I'm sure, you know, you go into homes and then there's an electrical panel right behind their, their bed, you know, their bedroom. And it's like, oh my gosh. So for me, I, I, as hard as it was for her, I was like, this was sort of a blessing that you've experienced that because now you're away from it and it's far gone out of your, out of your system. So. And explain um, real quick what a (laughs) smart meter is. A lot of people are, don't even even realize that they're being forced onto them and being yes. installed in their home and you have to opt out of it. You have to let your uh, electric yes. company know. So just explain to people what they are and why it matters. Yes, absolutely. So, um, smart meters are, you, you remember back in the, back in the day where you'd have an individual who your energy uses, usage, your water usage, you'd have a guy in a in uniform, come onto your property, look at your meter and write down how much you used that month. That's how th- those are considered analog meters, meaning you have to have a physical person come read the meter smart meter. Oh, and so if you're, if you have an analog meter, when you look at it, it's going to be outside. And when you look at it, it's going to have five clock looking devices on it. So just like the watch of a clock, you know, the, uh, that it's going to have five of those. That's typically what an analog non-smart meter looks like. Now, if you have a smart meter, it's going to have a digital face. So instead of those five clocks, it's going to have a digital 
uh, number reading on it. And then what happens from there is either A, it's transmitted by a wire, in which case if it is a wire, that's okay, and that's a very small percentage. It's like 1% of the time. Um, so if you do go outside and you see this digital read, what you're going to do is call your energy company. For me, it's ComEd. You're going to call them, and you're going to say, is that signal transmitted, first question, is that signal transmitted by a wire or via wireless? <clears throat> if the answer is wireless, you're going to ask the next question, how frequently is the signal transmitted? So if it's transmitted once every 90 days, yes, it's a big blast, but it's only once every 90 days. For me, that's not quite so important. Now, there are times where it's once every 30 seconds, and then again, that smart meter on the external wall to your child's bedroom. That's a big, big deal and needs to be addressed. So from there, the question is, can I opt out? Some states, every state is different. My state, you can still opt out. Other states, you cannot opt out now, which is too bad. So if, <clears throat> if you do have something, if you are in a situation where you cannot opt out, the best thing to do is get a smart meter guard and that will dampen the signal but you have you can't stop there so um and i don't want to spend too much time on this topic because again it, you know this is just one exposure but if you put a smart meter guard and you can just google it they're around a hundred dollars and it just fits over the face of your smart meter but what you also want to do is line behind the meter so it could be the wall that's inside you want to line that wall or right behind the meter if you can with tin foil now it sounds super silly, but there's actually in development right now a material that's really, it's like a, you can think of it like very thick tin foil and it will block that signal 100%. So it won't go into your home. That's what we want to make sure of. So you can get a smart meter guard and then also line the back wall with aluminum foil or some people I know I've had clients where they'll get, there's like a really cool funky looking metal kind of cage material from Home Depot or Lowe's. Um, it's almost like kind of ribbed like material and it acts like a shield. And so you can put that on the wall and it looks like this really funky feature, but it's actually a shield. And so that's cause I've had clients where their living room is right there and you're not going to want to go lining your, your <laughs> and especially Miss Design wouldn't want you to do that. But um, but if you do have a, a meter that is transmitting a signal every 30 seconds, that is absolutely a top priority because it's a very strong signal. Now, the the uh, you do not want to get into a battle with your energy company and tell them it's for health reasons. They are trained on how to deal with people that call in and say Yeah, that. I want to interrupt you and just say, yeah. if you are listening to this, you need to be aware that the information that they are going to bombard you with as to why they are safe is government backed and it's political and it's coming from their own sources it's sponsors and things like that so the information that they are providing you is not third party it's from them so they're going to tell you all the reasons that it's safe and why you should opt into it and not opt out and they will punish you i'm just going to put this out there if you do opt out they're going to say something to you like oh well if we're, if we have to send a man out there to look at your uh energy thing it's going to cost you an extra hundred dollars a year it's worth the investment because cancer is expensive 
<laughs> yep. Amen, sister. Amen to that. And you know, so this happened to me recently. They sent out for my office and for my home, they sent out notices and they were like, yay, smart meters are coming to your area. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. I'll opt out. I know I have that right. Um, because you, you know, you don't own the meter, but you own the space around the meter. So they do own the meter itself. So I called and I opted out and they said, okay, why are you doing it? And I said, it's just my personal choice. And they said, okay, it's going to cost X amount of dollars for someone. Um, you can opt out for free for now, but in like 2020, I'll have to pay, you know, a handful of dollars a month for someone to come around and read it. And that's fine. I don't care. Cause again, cancer is expensive. Um, so well, I'm at work one day and, um, my basement at home actually flooded. My parents don't live in the state that I do. They came into my house to fix my basement because they're wonderful people. And the here come comed comes into my house now into my yard and starts to install a smart meter. I had opted out already. And my mother looked at this. She sees a comed and she's like, Oh no, 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 no. And she doesn't quite understand why, but she knows my stance on this. And she was like, Nope, get off, get off the property off. off, get <laughs> Yay! off. And of course they look at their list and they're like, Oh, Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it was just such crud. And I had several friends of mine who that happened. They were at work and smart meters were installed, even though they'd opted out. Can you believe it? I mean, it's mm. just, it's just mind baffling to me. So, um, if you are able to opt out, please do post a little, no smart meter sign on your analog meter so that somebody would physically have to, and I just laminated a piece of paper and then duct taped it. <laughs> I mean, it's like, doesn't look pretty, but, um, that way, if someone were to install that meter, you, they would be in violation. They would have had to physically remove that sign and it would be a much bigger deal. So that would be my suggestion. Um, but then just for the sake of time, cause I want to make sure that we don't <laughs> spend all, yes, all the time on one, on, on one source. Um, one of the biggest sources really is dirty electricity. And for those of your listeners who would like to take a little bit of more of a closer look into this topic, there's a very short book that's very easy to read written by a medical doctor on this topic. Um, the doctor's name is Samuel Milham and the book's name is dirty electricity. So if you just Google dirty electricity, his book will pop up. So essentially what his book does is it tracks the electrification of the United States, meaning introduction of electricity to the United States. It started with cities, then it tracked out to rural areas and then eventually got to farms. And as that happened, uh, childhood diseases, especially leukemia were on the rise. Um, and it kind of tracks that in correlation with how he did research into this topic to figure out how bad this topic really is. And so dirty electricity in a 30 second blip, our, our energy system is designed to where energy leaves the grid right? So we're all part of a grid. We're all linked by wires. Energy travels through those wires from a substation, goes to your home, powers your home. And then, and this is in theory, leaves by wire and goes back. But because we do not have, um, on our system, other countries operate on something called the Delta system. We operate on something called the Y system. Um, our system is not equipped to send that energy back. So, uh, we don't have a neutral wire, that is thick enough to handle everything. So instead of installing a thicker neutral wire, which would cost our energy company money, instead of doing that, what they've done is they've put in grounding rods. So that energy, instead of traveling through wire, can travel through the ground, yes, dirt, through the ground and back up through these grounding rods. But it's become an issue for us because first off, there's this excess energy that comes out of the wiring system and into the air in your home. So for example, 
example, when you're powering your plasma screen television, you have a higher energy need. The wires aren't thick enough and aren't aren't designed well enough to handle that. And so what ends up happening is that excess energy comes out into your environment and actually impacts your body. Now let's also talk about in another realm, talk about a dimmer switch. The idea of a dimmer switch is it's lowering the amount of energy going to that light so that as you dim your lights, they, they are subdued. However, now that excess energy travels back out into your environment. So anybody with a dimmer switch, make sure you keep those on full blast. Do not dim your switches. I remodeled my house. I put everything had a dimmer switch, and then I spent the buck a piece to go get the classic little flip up and flip downs. Um, But that's another example of this excess energy um, that's coming out through the wiring system. So um, a really quick fix for dirty electricity is something called Stetzer filters. And um, you can see all about them um, on my website. Um, but essentially what you do is you just plug in a little meter and Dave Stetzer, who's an electrical engineer, he speaks at Mayo clinic. He's a member of the IEEE, which is like the highest level of electrical engineering that you can get. Um, he's the one that actually tested my house. He tested my niece's house. And so he actually found a solution to this problem. Um, so you plug in this little meter, the meter costs about a hundred dollars and it will actually give you a digital readout of the amount of dirty electricity on that wire. And then you plug in a filter and it will, it will actually take away the excess energy and it makes that space space safe. So to give you kind of a frame of reference, a big plasma screen television typically requires two filters. Um, and if you're somebody who like from a budget standpoint, like if you have children, cause they're much more affected by this than adults were, I would put two filters in your child's bedroom. Um, so if I travel, filters come with me. Like I'm going to the Wisconsin Dells this weekend. I'm taking a little box of filters for our hotel room cause I can't have them turn off the Wi-Fi, but I can deal with the dirty electricity. Um, I had just to kind of give you like an, an example of, of the, of how this works. I had a friend of mine, her husband went crazy. So he had like the mental, um, issues with dirty electricity. Um, he, he went crazy and then he, his whole body failed him. He was in the hospital. All these tests were run. Nobody could find out what was going on. And as a last ditch effort, um, she said, okay, what can I do? And I said, well, let's check and let's test his office. We tested his office. Um, that meter that you plug into a wall maxes out at 2000 units. Ideally it should be under 30 units. His office maxed out that meter and he was working right next to an electrical panel Hmm. all day long. And of course his body just failed him. This was like the end, you know, anybody else, he probably would have died. I mean, that probably would have been what happened. And all he had to do was shield his electrical panel, which a really cheap free way to do that is like 12 layers of tinfoil will shield an electrical panel. Again, Miss Amanda's not going to like it because it's not pretty. So she's going to like find some sort of like tapestry to cover all of it with. <laughs> and it's going to be pink. <laughs> and then he installed a couple of filters in his office and, and he, uh, at the end of the day, did end up moving to a different office to do the same thing. But on pre and post testing, that space was uh, reduced by uh, three quarters of the amount of, of um, EMF exposure that was there. And he got it, you know, he, he got his whole life back. He's a totally normal, normal functioning person now um, and is happy again. So um, that's a really, that's kind of a big exposure. But a lot of research in this area is done on farm animals. And it's kind of crazy how this came out, but 
as we started installing sub substations and grid stations and all sorts of things, um, what ended up happening was uh, dairy dairy cows stopped producing milk or their milk supply went way down. So that's where Dave Stetzer, who's the, again, the engineer that I work with, he, he was called in as an electrical engineer. He was called in to try to figure out why these dairy cows weren't producing milk. And he would call, I mean, before he, he did, he totally put himself on the radar and he doesn't even care. And I love him for that, but he would call the energy company and he'd say, Hey, that grid station over, you know, over there, X, Y, and Z, can you just shut it off for 30 seconds? And he would actually hook these cows up to an EKG machine, which I've done on myself. And you can measure the voltage running through their bodies. So it runs up one leg hits their reproductive organs and their milk supply, right? And then runs back down. And as soon as they would shut it down, power down that substation for like 30 seconds, the voltage was gone. I mean, it was zero. And so, yes. And so their fertility was, of course, I mean, their fertility rates went way down. They were, had massive increase in birth defects. And then it was affecting these farmers too. So that's actually how he got into this. It was totally by accident. And then he developed the filter just to, to help solve the problem. But if you talk to him about it, he gets so frustrated because he's like, well, I developed a solution that the energy system created, you know, and that's not, that's not my job. That's not, I mean, people shouldn't have to buy filters to make their home safe. You know, this is something that the energy company should be doing. And that's where, you know, the, what you said earlier, Amanda, we're going to look back 20 years from now and go, holy cow, what were we thinking? No, I said, holy shit. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's probably a much tamer version of what we could have said. But, yeah. <laughs> but absolutely. Because here we're going to look back on our life and go, okay, we had my child slept next to a cell phone by their head that was on every night, which is so incredibly, incredibly bad for you. So there's a signal emitted from your cell phone almost nearly constantly. If you have your wireless on, if you turn your wireless off, then it's only pinging a tower every five minutes, but still keep it in airplane mode. These kids should not have their phones by them at night. And so a good friend of ours, um, green smoothie girl. So she, um, bribed her son. Who's like a 17 year old son. I mean, you know, that's hard to get a, a teenager to make change, right? Especially for something they can't see, you know, or they can't necessarily see or feel. And so she bribed him. She like bribes him with money for him to plug his phone in at night in his bathroom, um, which is detached, you know? So, and it's like, yes, absolutely do whatever, you know, or give him extra screen time on in airplane mode. And, um, like another good example, when I tested his, um, Xbox, so the Xbox, even if it's off, it's still transmitting a signal. You can read like three stories up in a house. Isn't that just crazy? And I made him watch. I took the testing equipment and I made him watch me just plug in the Xbox, not even on. And of course that that's what kids want to see. They want to see it tested. You know, they don't really care about what mom says or what her crazy friend says, but, um, but they do care about testing equipment and like big digital things that look like a ghostbuster, you know, like on, you know, out, out to catch these little green gooey guys. And, um, but yeah, so you have to unplug those Xboxes because otherwise they're still using up that energy. They're still pulling it um, from the wire and they're still transmitting that signal so I don't know why the the PlayStation and the Wii don't have the same problem but one thing that um, all the listeners could do right now if they could oh my gosh like the two things that I would tell you to do um, and I'll get to the first one which is a, a freebie here in a second but for for those of you that have these gaming systems at home and that have wireless 
go get, like, if you're, if you're somebody who's not going to compromise and you're not going to get rid of your wireless for whatever reason, and, um, that's your own personal choice. If you can get, um, like Chris, you know, everybody has their Christmas lights up right now. If you could get an outlet timer, just like what you plug your Christmas lights into, it turns on and off. You can plug the power source of your Wi-Fi and plug that Xbox into a timer where it's only on in certain times. So let's say that you work from home and you want your wireless. Well, first off, okay, move the router away from you. Don't don't sit you know right next to your router all day long, and then put that on a timer to where at least at night when you're asleep, your wireless isn't transmitting. You don't need that signal going while your while your home is asleep. So that would be a really really great first step along with um, the Xbox, and then second go through your house and look and your workspace and look at all the lights that you have in your, in your home. So the, you know, the swirly ones, they're called CFLs or compact fluorescence. Those swirly guys that do contain mercury that if you break them, you have to like call in a hazmat team. So those are the worst offenders. They are so high and above the rest when it comes to producing electromagnetic frequency fields. So uh, when I, I, I hooked myself up to an EKG machine um, or EKG patches and read it with the meter, if I just put my hand up, like kind of up toward the ceiling and there's a CFL up there, I can measure a voltage running through my body. I mean, that's how crazy these things are. Um, and then there is a pretty big health guru out there who produced um, a full spectrum light that was meant to be healthy for people. And uh, he sent it actually to Dave to promote. He wanted Dave Setzer to promote his light bulb, his full f- spectrum. It happened to be a CFL light bulb. Oh, no. And he's. So, of course, it was off the charts, and um, so this health guru's staff ended up calling Dave and thanking him, and they said, every time that our doc left the office, we'd unplug that because it all it gave us headaches and it made us feel gross, and they were like, thank you so much for teaching him, you know, that that was bad. So that was just an example. But what you want to change those lights out for are either halogen lights or incandescent lights. Incandescents are the ones that Thomas Edison created. Those are the safest. They produce that kind of warm glow anyway. They're the prettier ones, you know, as opposed opposed to those, like the bright white, I hate those things, but, um, halogens are a little bit more hard to find, but they're, they're newer to the market. So incandescents are kind of slowly trickling away and halogens are coming up and they're equal. They're both safe and great light bulbs to choose from. LEDs are very common and those are middle of the ground. So if you've got CFLs being the worst offender, LEDs are the middle offender, halogens and incandescents are safe. So if I'm, you know, all your listeners, if, especially if they have children, go to their bedrooms right now, get those out of their bedrooms and get the safe ones in. If they're, you know, reading next to this light all, you know, all night or whatever in your, mo- in your living spaces, especially, I don't care if you're living in the dark for a little bit, just go get those out of your house. Look up like when you eat dinner at night and you've got like a light fixture above your head, look up and see what's there. Um, and just try to be cognizant of that as much as you possibly can, because that'll make a big, big difference, um, in your life and in your health for sure. So, so far, just to sum up what we've talked about to this point are getting rid of your, your, your bad light bulbs, um, putting your Wi-Fi on a timer, ideally getting ethernet installed, which is not expensive. You're just paying the labor for someone to do that. And that way you can get rid of your wireless. And there are videos out there where you can actually do, you can attach tablets to um, your ethernet to still use internet on your um, tablets as well. Um, and 
then also getting the necessary number of filters for your home. Um, the average home needs about 20 filters, and there's lots of, um, but, but, and it's not really dependent on size. It's just dependent on, on your meter and how, and how you test. I have a question about these Stetzer filters. Um, is this like, what does this look like? Are they something that go in your like HVAC system? Do they plug in? Do you just set them in the room? Like explain more about what these filters are. Yep. So those actually plug right into your outlet. It's like a very small little cream colored, like off white colored box. Um, and so they're pretty, uh, inconspicuous. Um, we have them all throughout our house in our, in our office. Um, and it was actually a side note. So when we plugged it in, we didn't tell our team what we were doing. We had Dave come in, he measured everything. And now that's what my brother-in-law does. He goes around testing homes. So he measured everything plugged in the necessarily number of filters. And we had um, an office manager at the time who, when um, I, when we did this, she, she turned to us like two days later and she goes, I don't know what those are. And she's pointing at the filters, but I am much happier being here for whatever reason. I don't know what those do. And I was like, Oh, they're EMF, they're EMF filters. So, <laughs> so great. But it was, it was like a total personality change. You know what I mean? Um, but so they're, what they're doing is they're harnessing and you, sometimes you can actually hear them work. Uh, they're harnessing all that extra energy and filtering out. So it's not on the wire, which means it's not coming out into your environment and they last for life. As long as you don't get them wet, they will last for life. Um, and so, uh, if they ever, like I I've tested my team members homes, I, and, uh, one of them, her home was great except for her child's bathroom. I had to put three filters in that bathroom and they actually, I plugged one in and it buzzed at me cause it was overloaded. It couldn't work hard enough to keep up with all the dirty electricity there. Then I plugged in another one and then another one. And then finally the reading on the meter came down to below 50. Um, but what I usually tell people to do is cause we all need our outlets, right? So at Home Depot or Lowe's, you can get little, um, they called wall taps. I call them like outlet dividers, but you, it's just like a little three prong. So instead of losing an outlet, you actually gain one. So that way you're not eating up your outlet space. And so usually you can't see them because where you're going to find that they're needed is behind major electronic appliances, like your TV, um, near your kitchen, where you've got your coffee grinder running and your blender running, um, and different areas in bedrooms. So bedrooms are always a priority, but yeah, I usually find that kitchens are some of the worst places for all the, that and offices are usually the two oh, yeah. worst places. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but that's why whole house, there are some whole house, house filters on the market. And I get asked this question constantly is, can I just get a whole house filter? And in theory, yes. And actually Dave Stetzer tried to develop one because he's like, yeah, if we could just plug one filter in and it takes care of everything, that would be ideal. It would be cost effective. But what happens is that whole house filter works until you start turning on your television until you start adding running. things. Yeah. Yeah. So then we get these appliances. We like the average Dell computer needs two filters and he'll tell you he's talked like he's talked to our U S senators. He's talked to, he's, he is really massively trying to create change. And he went into an Iowa state senator's office. And of course he looks around and his steps or filters are plugged in in this guy's office. Right? <laughs> so, oh, you know, what's going on here. And he goes, what's going on? Like the energy company gives the pharmaceutical company a patient for life. Is that what you guys want? And he's like, is it the you know energy company out there like snorting Coke and the, the pharmaceutical company is, you know, making bank off it. And the guy looks at him, no joke. And I have him on camera saying this to me too. Um, looks at him and he goes, nope. Essentially what's happening is the pharmaceutical company is smoking their Cuban cigars and the energy company is sipping their very fine whiskey. But otherwise, yes, you have it right. 
Oh, I mean, gosh. it's just, are you kidding? <laughs> so, so that's where at the end of the day, you have to be your own advocate. There's too much money behind people being unwell. There's too much money behind people needing, uh, behind people being sick. And so you have to be your own advocate. Nobody else is going to, is going to help figure this out for you. Nobody else is going to make your home safe. Nobody else is going to pay you to eat well and pay you to exercise and pay you to design your home with healing, healing properties. It's all up to you to make those choices and to be your best advocate for yourself and for your family. Well, and there's money in, in you being unwell. There's money in you being sick. As long as you're sick, it's a business. So absolutely. there's absolutely no reason for them to want you to get well. There's, you know, so I, I think that you have to be your own advocate and you have to be willing to do the research and you have to be willing to do your own work and the own leg, your own leg work, because like just what we were talking about with the smart meters, the electric company is going to say, oh gosh, no, it's so safe. I don't know what you're worried about. Yep. Here's all this paper paperwork that tells you all the reasons it's safe mm -hmm. and all it's doing is it's putting money back in their pockets because now they don't have to send a dude out to your house to read your meter <laughs> yeah, absolutely oh for sure and they're they're also trained to be like oh your cell phone produces way more radiation well yes you're they're actually right on that one your cell phone does produce a ton of radiation um but it's at a lower level and it's constant whereas this smart meter pings a huge signal pretty frequently depending on how frequently it's transmitted so um so yeah it's like they are trained to like come up with something that's worse than a smart meter and I'm like well yeah but we kind of do know that like we know our cell phones aren't safe like hopefully you know that like the worst thing you can do is plug your phone in and then sleep next to it while it's on because you're actually pulling dirty electricity from the wires when you do that and you're getting the EMF from the cell phone itself so like absolutely if you have to have your cell phone on at night let's say that you're on call with a job or you are somebody where your kids are in college and you just want to always be accessible if you don't have a landline then just make sure that your phone is at least eight feet away from your bed you know ideally be like in your kitchen and you could still hear it but as long as it's as far away from your bed as possible it's a lot less of an exposure than if you are sleeping right next to it so well, and the other thing that people don't realize, and this is um, where someone like me, you know, when I'm looking at either their interior design or the feng shui, is electricity travels on metal. And so a lot of people that I yeah. see have metal beds. So oh, yeah. even if you have your cell phone across the, the room, if you've got electrical outlets behind your bed, if anything is touching your metal bed, it's basically you're sleeping in that EMF soup all yeah. night. There's oh, no way oh, for you for to sure. get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, um, so at our office, we've started promoting like a specific mattress that is just so good. Like it's so great to sleep on. It's so supportive from like a physical health perspective, but we had them ship one to us first and we had it tested for that exact reason. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to promote something that's good, you know, for someone's structure, but then loading them up with EMFs. And this actually did turn out to be great. And so now like every room in my house has one, every bedroom in my house has one, but that's the thing. It's like, there, we have to think about all these different variables when it comes to um, living healthy, but that's why it's so great that you do what you do so that as people, you know, are designing their home or they're coming up with a new floor plan or whatever it is that you're actually able to um, be their advocate for them and say, okay, great, let's start this off on the right footing and start this off with the, you know, on the right step. And then from my perspective, I work on work helping people recover from the health, um, you know, the health side of things too, which is, um, you know, that's why, that's why it's great that you and 
I exist for people that, you know, work other jobs and like have real lives. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I've got a question for you. I'm curious for somebody like um, your niece who has, um, I just realized this with the metal bed conversation is that if you have metal toxicity in your bloodstream, does that also amplify the EMF radiation? Yeah, 100%. And then along those same lines, let's, because there's other, you know, it's not like when we get sick, it's just one variable. EMF is a big side of it. But if you've also got something like Lyme disease, which sometimes is, you know, misdiagnosed as like fibromyalgia, or you've got parasite infection, which is so rampant and nobody talks about it, it just makes it worse. EMF's just like, it's like putting a micro or a magnifying glass on other underlying low level infections or whatever might be going on in your body. So it just makes such a, a huge impact on everything. So that's why, yes, with the heavy metal issue, it's bad. But with anything else, it's it's it can just make you feel a little bit crazy. So, um, I work with a, a colleague of mine who's a Lyme disease expert, and he talks about this so often because he finds that even if you lower, like the Lyme count in someone, if they're not also dealing with this side of things with reducing their exposures, it just takes them so much longer to get well. So. So yes, to answer your question, yes. So if somebody does have one, are there any symptoms to know if you have metal toxicity or how do you determine if you have that? Yeah. So you can actually do a really inexpensive test. Um, and, uh, so on my website, reviveliving.com, I do have a bunch of like little testing options on there. One of them is a heavy metal test and there's two different ways you can do it. One way is to do a challenge test, which is a urine test. And, um, and then another kind of easier way to do it is with a hair analysis there are two different mechanisms so like hair is going to show me how much your body's willing to excrete from a metal standpoint whereas a challenge test is going to show me how much is like buried underlying in your organs and circulating in your blood and that kind of thing so there are two different tests it's just that the hair the hair test is a lot easier for people to do and they're both very inexpensive like around sixty dollars so if somebody wanted to do that i i run through doctor's data um that that's the test company that I use for that specifically, but there are other companies out there and they're all pretty inexpensive and that will show you if it is um, something that you potentially would want to uh, focus on. Like for example, the client that, um, that I mentioned earlier who became suicidal after her smart meter was involved, installed, she was also taking an over-the-counter chelator, which is a no-no. Chelating means you're removing metals from your body, but she had a mouthful of amalgam fillings so you can't do that while you have amalgam fillings. They're just going to pull metal from your teeth, and that's bad. And her hips started to throb. So somehow, you know, along the line, she started this. She got this metal exposure, which was in her hip. As soon as she stopped taking that chelator, her hips stopped throbbing. <laughs> And, but it was one of those where I always have people like bring in all their supplements because people, you know, especially like I mentioned before, when you're sick, you will do anything to get better. And so people will kind of like grasp at straws and take whatever they think and whatever helped their friend or whatnot. And so when she came in, I'm like, I'm not even letting you leave with this. Like you're not even going home with this because this is bad. You've got no. So uh, what is the best way then if you do have metal toxicity, how do you detox from that? Yeah, it's all going to depend on where your exposures came from. So um, there are some people that, like I said, have amalgam fillings. And then I would just recommend getting a consult. If that's the case for you and you do have some heavy metal issues, get a consult with a functional medicine doctor who can walk you through how to do that safely. There are clinics out there that will put you up to like the hook you up to IV chelation. Um, But what's happening then is you're circulating metals and you're not eliminating them properly. It can make you worse. I've worked with a lot of those people. 
people. Um, and so you want to make sure that you're finding somebody who's trained in how to do this. I do not recommend ever that people try to detox from heavy metals systemically on their own. So there's a lot of, um, like smaller detoxes with like salon and parsley and you know those things they're not going to be pulling heavy metals from your brain they're going to be kind of eliminating some of your body tissues and digestion exposures and that's fine to do on your own but if that is a real problem for you yeah you're going to want to work with someone one-on-one to make sure that it's done safely and it doesn't harm you okay so they can just find somebody maybe go online and just look for Mm -hmm. somebody functional medicine yep I just want to ask if somebody is, you know, listening to this today and they're freaking out, you know, because they think that they might have um, a lot of EMF in their home. Um, There are some meters that are out there that you can buy. Um, I have a couple of them, but I'm just curious for those who are listening, if they are wanting to um, don't have the ability to have Stetzer come out and do their home professionally like (laughs) Dr. Libby Darnell had, (laughs) what are some proactive things that they can do to, to, um, get a meter, uh, and start testing their own home to see, and just get a visual on, holy shit, you know, this is going on in my own home so that they can start being proactive in their yeah, own health. For sure. So, um, actually probably the first thing that I'd ask your listeners to do is to get my action steps. I've, you know, just doing this long enough, I've put together it's like great, a way, way. I've tried to put together a way to, to give listeners information without inundating them and overwhelming them. Yeah. And it's pretty too. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Um, so if you go to revivedliving.com forward slash EMF, so again, that's revived R E V I V E D living.com forward slash EMF. I got my top 10 action steps there for you. And then after that, um, I'll also send you like little videos on how you can actually test your home, how to use the meters, what meters, you know, what meters to pick. And there's lots of different ones out there. And then I get asked lots of questions on like products, like for cell phone safety and all sorts of things. And I've put together a list of things that I personally use, and then also things that I have tested before. Um, and, and either recommend or don't recommend. So Um, That's going to be a great resource for people that know that they want a little bit of a deeper dive. And then my uh, brother-in-law actually now does virtual home inspections where he will mail his kind of heavier duty, most more expensive equipment. If people want to have their home inspected, he just mails it out to you. And then he'll just over Skype actually walk you through how to do everything. And then also how you can uh, successfully eliminate a lot of those different exposures. So um, that's something that he started last year just because there were too, there was just too much demand um, for him and it gets a little bit pricey like Dave Stetzer charges a lot and <laughs> to come out and so um, this is like the most economical way to have your home tested by an expert so um, that's that's another great step and I put a link to that on my website as well so so yeah but for now light bulbs wireless on a timer get a couple of filters in each bedroom just to start with, um, if that's, you know, where you need to start and then, you know, spend a little time hunting through these resources. I've also put up like, so for a lot of people, if you're, you, you like get jazzed up about this, right. And you're like on fire about this topic and you're like, okay, we're going to make these changes, but yet your spouse, your significant other doesn't understand. And you're like, I don't know. It's just bad. <laughs> you can, <laughs> you can actually send them to the research section on my website. And I've put tons of research together for, 
all the different types of exposures and then different like end results like ADHD and cancer and all that kind of stuff. So if somebody's really on the fence and isn't quite buying it from you, you don't have to sell it. Send them that link. And I'll have some, um, some people that will say, okay, well, as long as you read through that all, you know, if you read through it, then let's do X, Y, and Z. And their spouse just doesn't even want to like spend the time. And they're just like, fine, fine. Yes, I get it. We'll put it on a timer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, uh, uh, what I usually tell people just, you know, in in a quick, very easy way is that a lot of our electricity, if, if you look at all of the electronics that surround us, um, they are putting off positive, uh, little plus signs in your environment. And so what ends up happening is because of the computers and the lamps and the appliances and the iPads and the computers and the phones and everything that you have, you have like a billion plus signs in your house and it's not balanced. You have to have negatives in your house as well. And so what ends up happening is is with all the electricity, you have all of these plus signs in your house and you don't have the negatives. And so a filter system like what you're talking about with Stetzer helps Mm -hmm. pull those positives out of the environment and puts in more negatives into your environment so that you have basically a plus sign for every negative sign, which creates balance. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and you have to, because if you get too many of the plus signs in there, that's where you start getting erratic, fatigued, headaches. Um, and even though you may not be putting that, you know, uh, to the, the symptoms that you're experiencing, you're probably blaming a lot of external things. Um, this is something that I think needs to be taken seriously. And, and it's still heavily poo-pooed. A lot of people still aren't taking it seriously. A lot of the information out there is, you know, incomplete and false. Um, and there's agendas that most of the information that's out there there's a lot of agenda behind it and i i do seriously think that this is going to be like what smoking was back in the 60s we're going to look back on this and say oh my god how could we think that you know i mean there are articles where doctors were prescribing smoking to people with respiratory issues Oh yeah. I can't be yeah. <laughs> right. And oh, that's what laugh at that, but yep. I feel like that's where we are gonna be even ten years from now. I think we're gonna look back at this and go, Oh my god. And it's interesting because my feng shui grandmaster, um, she studied under uh uh, Professor Lin, who uh, brought feng shui, the BTB practice, over to the States back in the early 80s. And he said and was quoted in the 90s that the downfall of our society would be all this technology, that it would consume yep. us. And mm-hmm. um, we were just talking uh, before the show about Nick Penol, who is talking about the rollout of 5G and what that's going to do to our energy systems and how it's going to overwhelm us because we will not be able to get away from it. Yep. So this shit's real folks. You need to be paying attention. You need to be proactive in your health and you need to start looking to, um, the symptoms that you're experiencing because, you know, so many people are having ailments and side effects and they think it's all these other things when in actuality, it's probably the phone that's in your pocket. I mean, it, Mm -hmm. it seems so simple and yet it's not because we're not taking it seriously. We're too enamored by, I have to look at Facebook and I have to be able to get on Instagram and I have to be able to text and, you know, is it really worth your health though? So I think that's some serious food for thought. So well said. So well said. I want to thank you for saying yes and coming on to the show today. Of course. Thank you. And thank you um, for dealing with my, I was having some severe tech 
difficulties but she's like are we doing this or not (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) it's funny too because I couldn't get on my computer and so your message came up on my phone and I'm like huh so the phone Skype is working, but the desktop yeah. where I record is not, of course. You know, <laughs> how convenient is oh, that? Oh, yeah. Oh, always, always. So yeah. if people are interested in learning more about you, you've talked about Revived Living, but where can people yeah. find you? How can they stalk you? All that good stuff. Yeah. Yep. So reviveliving.com is my website. And then on Facebook, which is where I'm probably the most active, um, is just Dr. Libby Darnell. So D-R Libby, L-I-B-B-Y, Darnell. Don't let her fool you. She'll what she's going to do on Facebook is smother you with cute pictures of her husband and her child. It's true. It is true. (laughs) So it's it's nothing but cuteness on there. Yeah. Um, Awesome. But thank you again. again. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you for coming on here and explaining to the audience about EMF. I'm hoping that everybody who has listened today is scared their pants off with electricity and. Yeah. <laughs> Worried yep. about what's going on in their home. That was our um, that was our biggest hope today is that you would, um, you know, really pay attention to and be aware of this uh, phenomenon that is occurring and fast, fast approaching um, as we get more and more technology in our environment. Well, thank you again for saying yes to this and coming on here. I so, so appreciate you talking to our audience today. Amen, sister. Amen. As my firm gets older and older, my team and I are looking less and less at how we can gain more profits and instead looking at how we can make a difference. I first learned of EMF in the early 2000s, but like many people, I paid very little attention to it. In 2005, as the popularity of the BlackBerry grew, iPhone quickly gained even faster popularity in 07 when it emerged with its first ever smartphone. And hey, oh my gosh, I was a fan. Now, with iPads, computers, and everything smart, everything from your thermostat, appliances, even your car, society is quickly drinking up the Kool-Aid of seemingly easy-to-consume convenience, better known as smart. The number one device purchased in 2017? Well, the Amazon Echo. It's a voice-controlled platform to make your life easier. And hey, don't get me wrong. I come with zero judgment. Like many of you, I have a laptop, I have an iPad, I have an iPhone, and I even have an Alexa. But as I help more people in my feng shui design business, I am seeing more and more the health of my clients deteriorate without any explanation. My original Trifield meter that I first bought in 2011 has since been upgraded to an Acoustimeter. And one of the first things I now look for at a, when I have a client that has really bad health, it's the first thing I do is look for EMF. If their health is on the line, I know it could be this simple. And it turns out that most living beings are fantastically sensitive, vanishingly small EMF exposures. Here's a quote by B. Blake Levitt of the New York Times. He's a journalist. Living cells interpret such exposures as part of our normal cellular activities, like heartbeats, brain waves, and even cell division itself. The problem is man-made electromagnetic exposures aren't normal. They are artificial 
with unusual intensities, signaling characteristics, pulsing patterns, and waveforms that do not exist in nature. And here's another one. This is by Dr. Paul J. Roche, the clinical professor of medicine in New York. All life on Earth evolved under the influence of solar radiation and geomagnetic forces that we have learned to adapt to and in some instances even utilize. The health of all living systems, ranging from cells, tissues, organ, all depends on good communication. Communication within as well as with the external environment. All communication in the body eventually takes place via very subtle electromagnetic signaling between the cells that is now being disrupted by artificial electropollution. And we haven't had time to adapt to it. The adverse effects of electrosmog may take decades to be appreciated, although some, like carcinogens, are already starting to surface. This gigantic experiment on our children and grandchildren could result in massive damage to mind and body with the potential to produce a disaster of unprecedented proportions. We must acknowledge that novel electromagnetic therapies have been shown to benefit stress-related disorders, remove anxiety, depression, insomnia, even everything down to arthritis, migraines, and tension headaches can be removed. Here's the thing, folks. We can no longer put our heads in the sand. Do your due diligence and be proactive in your own health. I guarantee you we're going to look back at this in 20 years and wonder why we didn't take it seriously or do it sooner. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast on home energy design. If you like the podcast, go on over to iTunes and subscribe. We love to hear your feedback and we love to get positive reviews. We feel like you're listening and paying attention to this valuable information that we're sharing. Like I said, we want to make a difference and we want to help people as best as we possibly can and teach them about the things that's going to make their life better. If you want more information, head on over to our website at gatesinteriordesign.com. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.